Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. This episode of Human Ordinary is sponsored by Harry's and Movement Watches. This one time, when I was 11, my friend was having a birthday slumber party and decided to make it wrestling-themed. We were all a little bit obsessed with the WWF and stars like Macho Man, The Ultimate Warrior, and Jake the Snake. So in my friend's downstairs rumpus room, we cleared out all the furniture and smashables and put down a bunch of mattresses. This was our ring. We were pitted against each other in a wrestle-slumber-mania knockout extravaganza. I was up first against a friend I'm not entirely certain even liked me. And as our match started, it was clear that we were on different wavelengths. Where I had seen wrestling as a partner dance, the two of us moving in a kind of sync to imagine music, he saw it as a dance battle, each intent on one-upmanship. Where I had seen wrestlers supporting each other to do the moves required, he saw only competition, a chance to defeat me in a test of strength. At one point, I grabbed his wrist and tried to lead him against our pretend ropes, but he resisted, breaking free of my grip and tackling me to the ground. Our match didn't last very long. I let myself be pinned without too much effort. I didn't want to fight. I just wanted to play. Back then, professional wrestling was a bit of an enigma to me. I longed for it to be real and ignored the part of me that knew it wasn't. Today, I still see it as this unique, weird mix of fight club and playtime. There's combat, there's pain, there's feats of strength and athleticism, and there's also theatre, pre-planned outcomes, pomp and pageantry. So when I found out that one of my mates had a mate who was a local wrestler, I jumped at the chance to get in on the inside and learn more. I've come out to a small warehouse in a business estate in Melbourne's north to MCW's Academy. MCW is Melbourne City Wrestling, one of the biggest independent wrestling promotions in the country. Independent wrestling in Australia has come a long way since the days of kids going at it under the house lights of school basketball courts, and MCW is leading the charge. The Academy is its training facility. So in the warehouse, there's a wrestling ring and thick gymnast mats that take up most of the remaining floor space. There's a TV room upstairs for people to study videos of the greats past and present. The walls are dotted with pictures of MCW wrestlers and posters laying out the Academy's philosophy. One shows that the values of the Academy are all about safety, integrity and respect. But the best one reads, you never lose, you either win or you learn. We'll let majority of people come and try and it's not so much about coming in here and, and showing us how good you are, it's about coming here and showing us how much heart you've got and whether you can go through that suffering. This is James Mitchell, head trainer at the Academy and former wrestler. The question I sort of posed to myself and other people when we started talking about it was, 
when I first came in as a wrestler, what would I need to be successful? And the idea was to put all of that into sort of a package and, and give everybody those different avenues. It's not just about what you do in there, it's about how you conduct yourself in that business world, how good you can talk, what type of personality you have, where you get gear from, how you put yourself out there on social media, all those things. On the night I go, they're conducting back-to-back beginners classes. Most of the 15 trainees, or members as they're called here, will stick around for both sessions, meaning about three hours of nearly non-stop exercises and drills. Later in the week, they can come back for training and development around character and performance. But tonight, things kick off with some yoga. Wrestling and in-ring trainer Dowie James tells me that one of the most important things in wrestling is flexibility. There's this misconception that it's all sort of upper body strength and a lot of it is actually flexibility through the hips. It's another reason like we do like hundreds upon hundreds of squats a week because like it is the most important muscle group. Dowie is a past champion of MCW and a fan favourite. His career is close to 20 years old. He started wrestling when he was only 12. Only a year older than me when I was playing at being a wrestler on my friend's mattresses. And I would argue that I shouldn't have been allowed to start when I did um, at the school that I was at. Like, I I reckon I would have been rubbish until I was about 17 or so anyway. (laughs) At any rate, things have changed. So much of this industry has evolved that there's nothing I learnt that would help me like then that would help me succeed today. Like there wasn't social media, so there was none of that. There was no like general fitness help. Like it was just like, these are bumps. No one talked to you about getting into shape or what you need to do to keep in that and diet and things like that. So it's, it's just totally like a different beast. You ready? Yep. Very quiet. Are you ready? Yes. yes. After the yoga, things really kick into gear with a grueling circuit of exercises. There's push-ups, sit-ups, burpees, kettleballs, medicine balls, and battle ropes. Each has to be done for one minute flat out before they move on to the next. I'm exhausted and nauseous just watching them. This is one-fifth of what a match would be. They've got to learn, they've got to learn how to control themselves under pressure. Because in a match, you are so friggin' tired, you can't show people that you're tired. There's a range of sizes, ages, genders, and abilities amongst the members. I watch as one guy seems to reach his limit, calling for a bucket and vomiting from the exertion. His bucket is one of five that are stacked in the corner. Clearly, he is not the first chunks blower. There's no shame in chucking. He didn't strike me as the wrestling type, and I wondered whether he would make it. I wondered whether any of them would. I like to believe that they could, but that's really up to them. It's up to them about how far they want to go. Obviously, everyone's got genetic and, and physical limitations and mental limitations and that. But I think will, human will is very powerful. And you can, you can will yourself to do amazing things. That, that kid who threw up, um, he threw up on the first drill on, on the assessment. On the first drill. And it's taken him this whole time to get to there now. You know, he's, he's, he's pushing his limit up, physically and mentally. So we're teaching, we're, hard, we're, we're building character. It's not some kind of like cult club, you know, anything like that. But for me, it's about if we want to put people in an industry that I love uh, and that we all say we love, we want to put quality people in there. So there's a standard that we're going to set and support those people. Look at him now. He's puking and he's running like a champion. Um, you know, that, that have that character and, and that ability to, you know, lift those people around them, you know. So... After the circuit mercifully ends, the members get a few minutes to catch their breath, then they do a run and chase exercise that reminds me of the duck-duck-goose game we used to play as kids. Then they're in the ring, practicing bumps. Bumps are essentially falling to the mat, 
but the members are learning precise and exact ways of doing it in order to protect their body and stay as safe as possible. The ring lives at the academy, but MCW only has one, so it has to be packed down and transported before each show. It's lugged around in pieces, steel beams, posts, springs, hard wooden boards, and high-density foam from Clark Rubber. It can't feel too soft or too hard, neither like a mattress nor the floor. I'm actually surprised by how hard it is. Kristen, who is the strength and flexibility trainer here at the academy, tells me that no matter how well you learn how to do bumps, it still hurts. Especially to start with. But it's like anything over time, it kind of builds up and you get easier and easier. But at the start, where these guys are now, it hurts. Do you have to be a little bit crazy? Yes. To want to throw yourself at the floor, I think you do have to be a little bit crazy. James is a tough trainer, not accepting half-arsed or poorly executed moves. Several of the members are told to hop out of the ring and onto the gymnast mats, where Dowie gets them to do the move over and over again until they've got it right. Oh yeah, like it takes a bit to sort of get used to it, but you've got to just keep going. It tires you out, but you want to keep pushing forward because you're working so hard to show everyone that you can do this. This is Melissa, a recent convert to wrestling and one of the members of the academy. Like obviously everyone's going through struggles and to be able to watch these wrestlers perform and sort of escape reality for a bit. I'd love to be like someone's favourite wrestler, like help them escape from reality, even if it's just for like five minutes, however long my match goes, you know. The only woman I remember from my days as a wrestling fan was Miss Elizabeth. She wasn't a wrestler, she was Macho Man's wife and manager. Kristen, better known to the wrestling world as Miami, grew up without many female wrestlers. When she started, she never got to do the same stuff as the boys. But not anymore. Back in the day, you know, WWE was only putting on bra and panty matches and they were just there for the entertainment. But now women can actually wrestle. Mm. Um, so. There's still a bit of a pressure then for, for women to, I guess, ham up the, the sexiness of it? Not as much as they used to be. Not as much. People are recognising their skill um, more than just the looks, which is obviously something we've been pushing for for a very long time, so it's good to see it come into fruition. What do you love about wrestling? Um, I've always loved the performance side of it more than the athleticism. Um, being sort of a bigger, taller girl, I was never the most athletic. I was never one to want to fly off the top rope. I want to keep my feet firmly planted at all times, but I love coming out and making the crowd feel something. Whether it makes them cheer, whether it makes them stand up on their feet and yell, whether it makes them boo me in the face and want me to get out of there, I don't care what it is, I just want them to feel something. Everyone I spoke to at the academy mentioned something about the performance of wrestling. And that's understandable. If the members were more keen on the fighting, they'd probably be taking up boxing or martial arts or just out on the streets looking for a blue. But none of what was taught tonight was about the performance. If any of the members had designs on just being a wrestler for the performing, they'd be in for a bit of a shock about how much physicality and fitness is required. It shocked me. But probably what surprised me more was the fundamental goal of the academy. Not of creating wrestlers for a show, but of cultivating a culture of hard work, commitment and self-improvement. Two days later, I'm down at the Thornbury Theatre in the north of Melbourne for MCW New Horizons. It's the 102nd event in the promotion's history, 
but with the WWE in town, it may be its most important. The WWE is the biggest wrestling promotion in the world, and with a show the next day, there will be a lot of out-of-town eyes coming to check out MCW tonight. There's a fair bit of nervous excitement around the place as the backstage crew busy themselves setting up the ring. It's seven hours before the show, and the job only takes about 90 minutes. Today, there's lots of extra helpers, including most of the Academy members from the other night. Helping put on the shows is part of their training. Wrestlers start arriving, and with the ring up, two of them hop in and go through some of the moves for their match later tonight. The rest are catching up like old friends. Everyone is really nice, coming up to me and introducing themselves. I don't think they know what I'm doing, I'm just a new face and they want to say hi. For people getting ready to pummel each other, there's a surprising lack of animosity between them. There's even some couples amongst the wrestlers. They were clearly more about preparing for a night in the theatre than in the Thunderdome. I would say I'm a mix of an athlete and a performer. This is Indy Hartwell. She's one of MCW's up-and-comers and has the nickname Impressive. Last year, it was almost a year ago, I was wrestling on a show and I whipped out a springboard drop kick. A springboard drop kick is where a wrestler launches themselves up to the top rope in one bound, then jumps off, kicking their opponent with two feet before crashing to the mat. And everyone was very impressed. So that's kind of how I became impressive, Indy Harwell. Like most of those involved with MCW, Indy got bit by the wrestling bug when she was young, watching with her brother. I got hooked on it and I kept watching it and then he grew out of the phase that, you know, everyone grows out of wrestling, but there's just a few weird ones who don't grow out of it and I was one of them, so... After high school, she started at uni but found herself unhappy during her first year. I really needed something to, like, give me that spark again. I, I always wanted to do wrestling, so I thought now's the time and I have never looked back. And so tell me about, like, Indy Hartwell. Like, what's her personality like? So Indy Hartwell most likely is having a bad day and she loves to throw crap at the crowd. Indy is what's known in wrestling as a heel. Heels are jerks. They're antagonists. They're the bad guy. They come in different guises but are always there to be disliked by the audience. The more they're hated, the better the job they're doing. Heels are opposed by baby faces, the hero characters who are there to be cheered. Both are vital to wrestling, adding drama to the contest. It's what really separates wrestling from other sports. It occupies this unique ground of being about melodrama and pile drivers. The closest other thing I can think of would probably be an action movie. You know, you kind of head along to see the explosions, but the best ones suck you in with a kick-ass story and make you feel something about the characters. You know, what you can do athletically in the ring and your capacity to dazzle physically and the cool moves that you can do and the amount of ass you can kick, I think that's all really important. But I think that if there's not a person behind that, an identity that people can sort of hook onto in some way and understand and care about, you'll struggle to have a really satisfying emotional connection with the audience. This is Cracker Jack. He's an Australian wrestling legend and Chief of Character Development at the MCW Academy. He doesn't wrestle anymore, but when he did, his character was the jerk that everybody loved. And if the footage I've seen is a good indication, he was also a mad bastard. I got my first taste of uh, bloodshed in wrestling probably about a year in to my career, where I got my uh, temple ripped open on a ring post. 
uh, when a guy threw me into the corner and as it ran down my face and into the corner of my mouth I thought this is a, uh, a salty solution that I could make a career out of and so uh, yeah years of rolling around in thumbtacks sharp stuff so it kind of made me you know one of only a handful of go-to gore fest guys in Australia so do you, do you have a thing for pain no, not at all. Not a fan of it. Doesn't get me off. It's uh, it's not a sexual thing at all. I wish it was a sexual thing. I'd be the most satisfied man in wrestling history if falling on sharp stuff actually turned me on. No, it's just uh, it's a means to an end. And I like what it does to people who watch because it's quite polarizing. Some people in the audience will be like, "Oh no, blood! I didn't want to see any of that." And uh, other people, these you know, normal mild-mannered civilians, they get the bloodlust. It's like a switch goes in their head and they want to see more. I think it would be different if Cracker Jack got something out of all the jabbing and the cutting and the grazing, but he doesn't. So it's just another illusion in the wrestler's trick bag. Even the pain and the blood are props in the performance. Where a person ends and their character begins can be difficult to define. To protect her privacy, Indy was clear that she didn't want to discuss some aspects of her life outside of wrestling. To do otherwise, was to allow a way for strangers to try and connect with her online, and even harass her. As we spoke, Indy seemed to float in and out of character, so that at times I was unsure whether I was talking to the real person or her wrestling persona. Is Indy Hartwell in the ring sort of a, an extension of who you are outside of wrestling, or, or completely different? I would say it's a, an extension of myself, for sure. I'm not like a completely different person. Uh, I'm not as mean as she is. I don't think. Yeah, it's definitely an extension of me. <laughs> Others, like lover boy Lockie Hendricks, were intent in always remaining in character. Everyone, you know, with wrestling, everyone goes on this spiel about how, you know, when they get in that ring, they become someone different, they become someone else. But lover boy is lover boy 24 7. There's no difference between who I am in the ring to who I am in life. Loverboy, like Indy, is a heel. He thinks he's better than you, and he's not afraid to let you know about it. What do you love about wrestling so much, then? What I love about wrestling so much is that I am just naturally talented at it. When I used to watch wrestling, I, I always had this thing that I could do this, and I would always get sad when I'd go to wrestling shows as a kid because I always thought that I'd belonged in that ring and that I could do a better job in that ring and what's funny is 15 or so years later I'm proving young me right I'm doing things better than everyone and that and that for me is a childhood dream come true then there's Mr Juicy six months ago he was a comedic babyface, playing off his weight and entertaining the fans with his humor and underdog status now He's the heavyweight champion and one of the biggest heels MCW has ever seen. I saw a show not too long ago where Juicy peeled back the canvas and foam of the ring. He then slammed his opponent into the exposed wooden boards beneath. I was really keen to know how much of a jerk the guy behind the character was. I guess outside of wrestling, I can be uh, a very outrageous person. I don't really uh, think about what I say a lot of the times. Um, but I guess a caring person, I spend my life outside of wrestling um, looking after kids with disabilities and teaching them how to catch public transport. So it's a very different uh, lifestyle to punching other people in the head. So I think I have a, still a lot of 
inside me. Every character is a true calling of yourself. So I think inside me, there's a lot. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A lot of negative emotions, and this is my outlet. Some people take drugs, some people uh, eat, some people go out on a Friday night and start fights. I wrestle and play a bad guy. So that's my outlet, I guess. The fans get to escape to the world MCW has crafted. But for the wrestlers, their escape is the opportunity to inhabit these characters. But heels and baby faces by themselves are not terribly interesting. It's one thing to craft a great character, but if you don't give them anything to do, then no one's going to stick around for long. And that's where the booker comes in. Essentially, what I like to do is I focus on our audience. So what I usually try and do is long-form storytelling to get an emotional response from the audience. The booker is the person in charge of storylines and scheduling each matchup. Chris Fresh is MCW's booker. He, along with James and another guy, Michael Joseph, are the three head honchos at the promotion. Sure, it's a long form, so how, how long are we talking? I've already discussed what we're doing in 2020, to a certain degree. Really? A lot will not go my way when I do that. There might be injuries or wrestlers getting signed to a promotion overseas or just plain old run-of-the-mill personality clashes that could foil Chris's story plans. But he remains adamant about the importance of story to wrestling. People want to get emotionally invested in something. It's why people can get upset at a Transformers movie. You know, like, we, we have this emotional attachment to something and all we want is for it to validate our faith in something. And I think... You can have matches for the sake of great athleticism, but I think wrestling to compete with mixed martial arts and boxing needs to offer that soap opera. It needs to make you go, this is hokey, I should be embarrassed about this, but I don't care, it's what I love. Chris often gives pep talks to the wrestlers. As a former wrestler himself, he tells them to never underestimate the investment the crowd has put into them. And when you go out there and perform, your duty is to deliver what they're paying to see. And they want to have a break from reality. It's a bizarre break from reality. You know, as somebody who's loved wrestling for 35 years, I can tell you there's nothing normal (laughs) about the sport of kings, as I like to call it. But I think the fact it, it can offer fantasy along with competitive sport makes it such a unique, cool thing that um, you couldn't have one without the other. About an hour until showtime, all of the wrestlers and crew have gathered together in front of the ring. Michael, Chris and James give them some final direction. James talks about a hierarchy of importance that they should all keep in the forefront of their minds. He says that at the top is the industry, that putting on a good show for the betterment of wrestling as a whole needs to be their greatest concern. Then down the pecking order, there's MCW, tonight's show, their individual matches, their opponent, and finally, on the bottom, themselves. Imbued with that sense of selflessness, the wrestlers disappear into the green room downstairs to prepare. 
Outside, the line of fans waiting stretches off down the street. And they're from all over. Yeah, we're from Tassie. We're from Queensland. Came over from New Zealand for the WWE show and figured check out MCW. And so why are you here tonight? Uh, because we're here for the actual wrestling tomorrow night and we heard about this and we just decided to come down. Heard a bit about the indie stuff online and thought, oh yeah, may as well come and give it a watch. What is it about wrestling? I don't know, to be honest. I've watched it for probably about 18 years now. It's the only thing I can stay interested in. I grew up watching it with my brother. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's just entertainment. It's just good fun. I just like to be in the crowd, just the participation for me. like It's cool. I don't really watch it a whole lot of my own time, but I love going to shows whenever I can. It's just, it gives people a chance to express themselves, and I suppose like it's obviously a subjective art, and anyone can like different stuff, so... Yeah, bit of fun. Is there any designs on you guys wrestling yourselves one day? Me, yeah. I want to be a wrestler. I really want to be like either someone that you really like or just like you really hate. And I just find a lot of entertainment in wrestling. It's uh, so diverse. So many different cultures and um, different people involved in it. And uh, yeah, it brings the whole different walk of people together. Coming up after the break, get ready to rumble. This episode is sponsored by Movement Watches. Movement Watches are all about looking good while keeping it simple. They don't tell you how many steps you've taken or blow your wrist up with text messages. They're not overly intrusive on life with notifications, text messages, emails and all that. They tell time like true classic timepieces should and look good doing it. Movement Watches start at just 95 bucks. You're looking at around $400 for the same quality from a traditional brand. You could do heaps of things with that $300 savings. You could buy the latest gadget, post 300 letters, put it in your pocket for a rainy day. You could probably even start a podcast. If you need help giving the perfect gift this season, but don't know where to start, the guys over at Movement Watches have got your back. They've curated all of their favorite styles into special gift boxes for you, so you can conquer this holiday season without the added stress. Get 15% off today with free shipping and free returns by going to mvmt.com slash human. Movement's launching new styles on their site all the time. Check out their latest at mvmt.com. Go to mvmt.com slash human and join the movement. This episode is sponsored by Harry's. If you need a close, comfortable shave, then Harry's have the razors for you. And because Harry's know that trying new things can be daunting, they've created a special trial offer of their razors. In it, You'll get one of their five-blade shavers with a weighted ergonomic handle, travel cover for it so you don't dull it in your luggage, and a shaving gel. That's $13 of value that you can grab for nothing, as long as you pay for the shipping. Claim yours by going to harrys.com forward slash human ordinary. Harry's founders understood that great razors were all about the blades, made with dependable steel that lasts. So they bought a factory and started Harry's. By selling direct to you over the internet, they can offer their blades at a price much lower than the leading brands. Plus, if you don't love your shave, let Harry's know within 30 days and they'll give you a full refund. Listeners of my show can redeem their free trial set at harrys.com forward slash human ordinary. Make sure you go to harrys.com forward slash human ordinary to redeem your offer and let them know I sent you to help support the show. The green room is packed with wrestlers. Some are stretching, some go over their matches with their opponents, 
Some do their makeup and make adjustments to their costumes. Uh, I get real like fidgety with my gear right before I go out and worry, like overthink about like if that's going to be um, like riding up and things. So I just sort of fidget with that. But I try not to think about the actual match because then I just like panic and get anxious, and then it's terror like terrible to go out there like that. So I just try not worry about it till I hear music and then go, oh yep, okay, it's on, it's time now, yeah, and then try and switch on when it's their time. The wrestlers make their way up the backstage stairs and into a commercial kitchen where they huddle around a closed circuit TV showing them the action in the ring. And then with around 700 punters packed into the theatre, the show gets underway. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Thornbury Theatre. This is New Horizons. So without further ado, the following match is scheduled for one fall. Each wrestler has an intro video and song, and when this starts, it's showtime. They emerge from the kitchen in full character, leaving behind their real selves to hang with the potato wedges and pastizis. Their intro is long enough for them to interact with the crowd. Baby faces tend to walk around high-fiving people, while heels spend the time taunting their fans, drinking up their booze like a fuel. All strike a pose though. Wrestlers love a good pose. After they've entered the ring and the music has died down, there's usually a few minutes where they circle each other, trying to psych the other out. This is also a chance for the crowd to whoop and holler as they get behind their favorite. Half of the fun of watching the show is the audience participation. It's quite infectious. Some reactions have clearly evolved over time. There's chance about the match. Chance about the wrestlers. And different cries as baby faces and heels trade blows. Sometimes it sounds like those idle moments at the soccer or cricket. Tonight, things kick off with a tag team bout between the Philippe brothers and a team from Perth. The match is full of massive aerial moves and makes for an incredible spectacle. The brothers are popular winners. This is followed by Avery and Kellyanne, a good old-fashioned grudge match. It's tough, has a bit of cheating, and features a super bomb where Kellyanne smashes Avery down into the mat from the top turnbuckle. There's a match between the King of Monsters and a caveman. There's a fight where one of the wrestlers has his sunnies on for half of the match. And there's also a four-way tag team match that is more theatre than sport. It's a bit light on wrestling, but it does give a chance for resident crazies, Helter Skelter, to add to their story arc. You've failed me for the last time. All of the matches ebb and flow, the upper hand changing and keeping the audience interested. There's a decent mix of theatre and acrobatic pugilism. Halfway through the show, and Loverboy is pacing backwards and forwards in the kitchen, psyching himself up for his match against Dowie James. Dowie James isn't in my league, son. Loverboy's going to do what Loverboy does best, injured shoulder or not, and that is win, son. As they come out, it's clear Loverboy is a popular heel. The audience laps up the opportunity to jeer, mocking his tendency to say nya instead of no. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
and the match doesn't go his way. Rubber boy, how do you feel? I'm going to shove okay. a microphone in my face in this moment. Just go away. Okay. Go away. All right, lover boy. I'm sorry. Dowie is obviously faring a little better. But uh, yeah, I feel good. I feel good riding that adrenaline high for a little bit. I'll get home. That'll wear off. Everything will get real sore. We'll stare at the roof for like four hours, not able to sleep. Um, yeah. <laughs> Indy Hartwell is in the semi-main event, the second last match against local icon Shazza McKenzie. From the wings, I get a glimpse of her impressive springboard dropkick, which turns out to be the winning move. I feel sore in my back because when I hit the springboard dropkick, it's quite a long way to come down. But other than that, I'm good. I'm just a bit puffed out. So what do you do for the rest of the night now? How do you sort of wind down? I've got a container of my mum's pasta, so I'm going to warm that up and eat it because I've been waiting all day today and yesterday to eat that. And then on the way home, I'm going to get donuts, which is what I usually do after a big show like this. I consider this a big show. While Indy dreamt of her donuts, upstairs the theatre is electric. The buzz and the vibe around the place is that this has been a massive night, full of spectacle and quality matches. And they've still got one to go. A title match between current champ Mr Juicy and Sydney's Robbie Eagles. It might be the excitement of the match, the alcohol, or a combination of the two, but the crowd goes absolutely bananas. They're making it clear they want to see Juicy defeated. And at one point, Eagles gets him into a submission hole. What follows is a true moment of theatre. Just as Juicy taps out, the ref is pulled from the ring by his manager and doesn't see him give up. Eagles releases Juicy from the hold so he can go remonstrate with the ref and turns his back on his opponent. It's like a pantomime, with the audience shouting at Eagles to turn around because the bad guy is right behind him. But in the theatre of it all, he doesn't hear. And in the midst of the feet pounding and the hollering, Juicy grabs his championship belt and uses it to knock Eagles flat. He picks him up and pile drives him. It looks like the end for our plucky hero. But Eagles only stays down for a one count. Again, the crowd goes absolutely bananas, thinking their man will claw a victory from the jaws of defeat. There's drama that plays out in this ring. And sure, it's corny, but it's sometimes surprising, and it's always a ton of fun. But there's something else at play here too. Matches like this, between the hard-working, small-statured eagles and the big, bad, corner-cutting cheat, Juicy, are battles between good and bad, between the way we want the world and the way it could be if everyone just looked out for number one. The audience want to see the bad guy get defeated, and they will suspend their disbelief so they can walk away thinking that it's actually happened. Even though they know the match is fixed, they're going to cheer for their man anyway. Eagles' comeback is short-lived. Juicy again pile-drives him into the mat, and this time he stays down. The crowd's disappointment is thick, but despite this letdown, they are ecstatic about what they have witnessed tonight, chanting MC Dub as one. This has been a big, successful show. MCW expected to be monstrously overshadowed by the WWE in town the next day. But this little outfit in the Melbourne suburbs 
has stood up and matched it with the big guys. The audience starts to flow out, but many stick around to meet the wrestlers and buy things from the merchandise table. Some wrestlers take pictures with their fans or field questions and listen to stories. It's all a part of their business, but I think I can see on the wrestlers' faces a true sense of enjoyment, that they're getting a kick out of meeting their fans. Because despite the fakery, there's something honest and maybe even noble about wrestling. You know, there's predetermined winners, so it's not about competing to be the other guy. It's about putting on a show and entertaining an audience. And training isn't about being stronger and more flexible than your opponent. It's about challenging your own limits and becoming a more complete human. And it's this that is wrestling's biggest performance of all. On stage, MCW is often loud, arrogant, melodramatic and violent. But that's just its image. It's just the world the audience wants to slip into on a Saturday night, indulging their lust for violence without any of the bloody consequences. The reality of MCW is that it's filled with some of the friendliest and most hard-working people I've ever met. What is presented in the ring is the result of years of toil and commitment by true sports people working to further an industry they love. I buy an MCW baseball cap, say my goodbyes and head out into the Thornbury night. But back in the real world, everything seems a little less colourful, a little drab and unexciting. Out here, what you see is what you get. There is no booker pulling the strings to give us what we want. Out here, the bad guy is just the bad guy, and we can't rely on him to one day get his comeuppance. Now, I don't want to say something silly like the wrestling world is better than the real world, but I am glad it's there. To be able to indulge in some harmless escapism for a few hours is a wonderful thing. As I walk back to my car, I feel like I'm 11 years old again. I know I'll be back. I have to be. I've just got to see that arsehole Mr. Juicy go down. Huge, ginormous thanks to Rebel for helping make this story happen. Thanks to everyone featured, and also thanks to Mikey, Sean, Joel, Jason, Sam the Ref, Jake, and Kellyanne for their time and thoughts. Sorry I couldn't fit you all in. Thanks also to all the members at the Academy and everyone at MCW for making me feel welcome. I highly recommend heading along to an MCW event, and you can find out when and where by going to the website melbournecitywrestling.com. Human Ordinary is produced in Melbourne by me, Sam Loy. All original music is by Kent Sutherland. Thanks always to Claire Tonti and Planet Broadcasting. Extra special thanks goes to Layla Brook for support and quality control. You can learn more about the podcast by heading to the website humanordinary.com or the Facebook page Human Ordinary Podcast. This episode of Human Ordinary was sponsored by Harry's. Head to harrys.com slash humanordinary to grab your special trial offer and movement watches. Go to mvmt.com slash human to claim 15% off your purchase order. I've got one more story for 2018 coming up in two weeks' time. Then after that, I'll be taking a little break. Hopefully in 2019, I'll have some exciting announcements about the show. Anyway, thanks for listening. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean...
if you want. It's up to you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 